0: This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders, I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the sales leadership podcast where high growth sales leaders share high growth practices and tactics today we've got another really great one, and I love it when the international sales leaders choose to join me today I'm excited to welcome Jason Baskaran all the way from Sweden. Jason is the director of sales for get accept a high growth SaaS company that provides digital sales rooms that fuel revenue teams to create better experiences at every single point of the decision process. The company started at Y Combinator in 2016 and today has over 5000 customers who depend on them every single day and love them. They're the creators of the digital sales room category, and Jason's helping create head turning growth as his team creates experiences for customers that are massive difference makers. Jason's got an impressive history as a salesperson and a sales leader with several well-known success stories, and he's found that his success as a sales leader only comes in his ability to fuel the needs of his team, both individually and collectively, and that's what we're going to really get into today. I'm excited for this one. That's timely. It's important, but you guys are going to love Jason. He's an award-winning leader. Uh, he's helping an impressive company accomplish even more impressive things that are worth paying attention to. He's the host of his own show, the Sales Goats Podcast, When you want to check out. He's an awesome follow on LinkedIn, and he quite possibly has the best mustache in all of sales. And those of you who are members of Sales Leadership United to check out our video segments, I promise you're going to want to check those out just to see what I'm talking about with that amazing facial hair. Now, we've got a killer conversation lineup today. I cannot wait to get started. Jason, welcome so much. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to our show.
1: Massive, uh, massive thank you for having me, Rob. I think, uh, yeah, that intro can't be topped. It's going to be hard to <laughs> to kind of pick it up from there, but thank you. Very much for inviting me, uh, plugging my podcast, and uh, showing my facial hair. My my girlfriend doesn't have the same opinion of it, but that's a, that's a, that's a whole <laughs> um, different podcast for us. That's yeah. a
0: different show altogether, man. We'll have to have that be a comeback. Um, I'm excited. We're going to have a blast today. This is, this is a, this is a conversation I'm really looking forward to. Why don't you start by introducing get accept, uh, to our listeners? Uh, you got 45, 48,000 sales leaders right now, listening to you that might be intrigued by the concept of your, your, uh, your sales rooms.
1: Yeah, I guess it's really simple. There there's, there's an inherent problem when it comes to selling digitally. Uh, I think the pandemic has simply reinforces a massive gap between how buyers buy and how sellers sell. And what we do is we really bridge that gap by allowing every creator of content or everyone who's trying to basically close their quota and get their customer close to a solution to present their information in an extremely compelling and clear way. We do this by actually building a digital sales room and enabling the customer and the prospect to receive that information in a way they've never received it before. So right now, I'd say if anyone is actually selling proposals, quotes, information through PDF, email, email, uh, information sheets, whatever it is, they have zero control. And if they want to get maximum control, maximum exposure, and really let their brand and their personality shine, get accepted in digital sales from, it's absolutely the place they should investigate. So that's what we do. We are uh, obsessed with revenue growth for our customers. If our customers are not successful, we're not successful. And I think in your intro where we started a Y combination, where we are today, year after year, after year, after year growth, but the platform, the product has just taken leaps and bounds. So right now, actually, we are the, a category leader when it comes to digital sales room. So anyone listening who is quota carrying or knows about a quota, check it out. Uh, hopefully it opens your eyes and maybe shows that there's a, an even easier way to, uh, to do sales.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed spending time getting to know your company a little bit. You do some amazing things. And like I said, you got nearly 50,000 people right now that I, I hope go give you a look. Let's shift a little bit. Let's go to you. I, I love learn, having our sales le- leaders that join us every week. Just spend a second on, on how they got into sales. I'm still looking for those people that said, when I was a little kid, I, I said, I'm going to be a salesperson when I grow up. Uh, what led you uh, to the yeah. awesome world of sales?
1: It's, it's funny. As you, it's a good question. I think as you get older, you kind of dissect yourself piece by piece and you know, kind of work out your origin story. Uh, I, I think the writing was on the wall from from day one. Uh, in fact, my, my first sale was when I was four years old. So I was actually brought up in California, a uh, fantastic place to be in Los Angeles. And I came home one day with a brand new pair of Nike sneakers. As you let's would say. go. Let's go. Uh, so my mum was like, uh, what the hell are these on your feet? And I was like, oh, this is fine. Um, uh, Michael Cigarelli, if you're listening, that'd be very odd. But Michael Cigarelli traded my peanut butter and jam sandwich for his brand new Nike. So I came back with this, these new shoes, essentially. And uh, I think that was my first taste of sales that um, I may have an item or something of value that can be exchanged for something else which I value even more. Uh, and that was my very first trade or sale. I actually returned the shoes the next day. So it was, I was uh, going to ask the question, did you get to keep the shoes? <laughs> straight, straight back to school, 8 a.m. the next day. Uh, and they, they were returned to Michael, and rightfully so. He'd, he'd consumed my, my PBJ and he got his trainers. So he got a far better deal than I did. Um, but I think <laughs> Another bro- show,
0: another show we could have, man. <laughs> there you go. There's the mustache
1: and the PBJ. But um, I then moved to England. I, I went to an all boys school, and I, I think it was quite clear there. I was I was head of the, the boys' debating team. So you know, imagine Harry Potter, Hogwarts, and ultimately have 1,200 boys in my particular school, and they would give you uh, a topic to debate on. And of course, they're controversial things. You had to form an opinion and a story and an argument, and uh, they, they were wild affairs. Um, but I actually left school at 18. Uh, I went to join the police, the Metropolitan Police in London. And uh, when I was waiting to to join six months before I could start my training in in North London, uh, my girlfriend at the time, her name was Freya, uh, a a really good soul. She circled an advert in a newspaper for a sales job with an American company called Learning Tree. And uh, I I got back home from my shift of flipping pizzas followed by pouring pints at the pub. And uh, she said, look, I think you're better than... I think you're better than this and whilst you wait you should check out this job so i i, I went and met with a guy called james holiday was his name and uh yeah he, he positioned me for the job and at age 18 i got this absolutely fantastic job at this absolutely fantastic american company selling training courses to, to professionals in project management and uh programming so that was my start and uh the rest yeah, is I, history yeah i was hooked i was hooked uh i, I it was like my my calling it was like okay I'd, I'd i'd never find this myself but here I am. And it makes a lot of sense in terms of who who I was as a person back then and uh, the motivations I had back then as well.
0: I love that you said it was your calling. I think that's a really good segue to what we thought we might start about, start talking about today. He, the, on the show, we never know where we'll finish. I, I try to have an idea of where we'll start, but yeah. man, we're Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland. Who knows how deep the rabbit hole goes, right? Um, exactly
1: sure we're going to go with this.
0: I, I want to talk about that concept of calling maybe, maybe through a different lens. As you've been with Get Accept, doing remarkable things, and congratulations to you, congratulations to the company, congratulations to your teams. it must, it must be must be a great experience to be driving category growth and, and things that you're doing right now. Definitely. But you've seen all the times. I call it all the times. And what do I mean by that? Good times. You've had times where, you know, if you just make enough calls, you'll get enough deals. We've seen that. Uh, We've had hard times where things tighten up and you've got to tighten up and get better at your game. We've seen that. Uh, we've seen hard competition where maybe as you started category and it's attracted some competitors and you have to figure out how to beat them. You've seen that you've seen the pandemic times. We've seen all the times, man. And who knows what the time is going to be next year. We don't know what next year is going to be like, yeah. but, but every year it changes a little. Is that a fair thing to say that it changes a little every year?
1: I think it does. And I think that's been the same for, for, for decades. So uh, I don't think we ever live in a time where we go, well, wow, these five years have been really flat and standard and everyone is stable. Like there's always, there's always a kind of macro and, and, and micro impact on what you're doing. Uh, and I, I think, you know, get accepted in the same boat, you know, uh, every company's in there, every company's affected. Um, so what,
0: where I'm going with it then is this, here's what I want to ask you. I, I love what you just said. It, that's no different. Every year is going to change. Yeah. I want you to think back for a second, because you've done some pretty remarkable things with consistency which hmm. is hard to do. That's why I'm so interested in have this conversation with you. What stands out to you as something that's one of those important sales leadership tools that kind of remains the same? It's a go-to, it's like almost like a lighthouse in the fog. What, what's a go-to, like an important sales leadership tool that regardless of the external circumstances, good, bad, weird, goofy, whatever, what kind yeah. of points out, stands out to you as, as one of those important sales leadership Principles or tools that that's super important and been very consistent for your ongoing success.
1: Yeah, I think there's I think there's, a, I think there's a, a couple of things. I can maybe go back to one of the points and, and, and clarify what I mean. But I'll, I'll say this: like ne- never doubt yourself. Hmm. It's, I think it's really easy to have that kind of um, you know imposter syndrome. In fact, I think you had a, a podcast even you know focusing kind of burnout and they even touched on that kind of imposter syndrome and the things that go in there. Um, you know, of, avoid doubting yourself, you know, you've got to that position on merit, you've got to that position on skill, you're, you're in that position because you're needed. So I'd say that have, have confidence, don't be cocky, uh, you know, but, but have belief in yourself. And I, I try and remind myself every single day, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm a good man, I'm a good person, and I want to do good work. And uh, that I try and keep in the absolute centre. I'll, I'll go back to why I say that in a little bit. I think as well, not only trusting yourself, um, trusting your team, you know, really, really believing in the group that you've assembled, you know, however many they are, whatever concoction or mixture, or, you know, uh, you know, whoever they are in there, you know, really believe in them and trust them and make sure that you're extremely clear of your trust of them. And I think, you know, whatever position we've been in, we've had leaders and managers and what we hate is uncertainty and not knowing where we stand. And I think what drives us and gives us comfort to perform or the ability to perform is actually knowing where we stand. Am I on solid ground? Do I have a boss behind me? Do I have a boss that's gonna hold my hand? Do I have a boss that's gonna put their arm around me? And on the topic or the, the word of boss, I, I, I physically cringe on that. So I, I say to every team that I'm leading, never call me a boss. In fact, try and even shy, shy away from calling me a manager. I hate it. You know, we're We're in this together. I'm simply paid to make some tough decisions, and the responsibility falls on my shoulders. And I'm there to to stick up and protect you and bribe you.
0: We may so, have already hit our topic. A lot of times, I don't know the title. Not the topic. I don't, a lot of times, I don't know our title till the end. You may have just said it. The title may of this may be "Never Call Me Your Boss." Man, I I already yeah. like that. That's yeah. really interesting insight. Why, why I, do you, I, why do you gravitate there?
1: I don't know. But here, here's your story. Like I didn't I didn't want to be a leader. Like I didn't I didn't ask to be a sales leader. Um, so story time, we're, we're, we're digressing, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, I, I was at a, a Swedish company, this was 2017, and I was, asked, I was asked to join a leadership position. And I was asked three times and I said, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I, I was actually brought to conversation because I wrote a, like a two-pager on how, how to build the most successful, highly motivated sales team ever. Like, it, was a, it was a little bit kind of wacky, and this is me maybe kind of, uh, I don't know, having a fun weekend by myself. But I wrote this particular white paper, it's two pages, I sent it to the then CEO, regretted it instantly as I sent it, nothing was ever mentioned. So I thought, okay, if they're ghosting, I'm never going to bring it up. Like it was just a a kind of idea. And then it became the topic of discussion of, okay, well, how do we make that a reality? So I I kind of, you know, it was was just like a, it it was just something I thought was fun to write, like what would motivate I, I think maybe I was concerned about what would I like to have? What, what kind of team would I like to be in? Looking back years it, it, it was like six years ago. So anyway, I had this conversation. Uh, his, his name was uh, Matthias Björk. So if, he, if he's listening, then uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. We spoke on two occasions. I said, I, I don't think I can do this. And then on the third occasion, I said, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll take this position. I'll take this role. Um, and I had a really fun leadership role at this particular company. They did uh, marketing solutions, um, so email marketing, uh, website marketing. And i never forget my first meeting I had with someone called, her name is Pinilla Sederberg. And this is a really senior professional and a really sharp, sharp person. And I have this meeting with her. She said, I really need you to come there with me to this customer. I've got, a bit of a, I've got a bit of a bad case and I need you to stick up with me. I was like, I'm there. So literally we go to this meeting, we go into this, this office and she introduces me. Uh, was, the meeting was in Swedish, but she introduced me in Swedish as her boss. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. But we would then walk out of the meeting. And the one thing I always do, whatever position I've been in, is I go, OK, feedback time. You know, let's be kind. Let's respect each other. What do we do well? What can we improve on? You know, let's say something good to each other. Let's let's give each other some guidance. So we always did that. And Penella said, look, I've got to ask you a question. She said, I introduced you as my boss, because you are. And you literally cringed and recoiled in the chair. Like, you literally went back. You said, why was that? I was like, I had no idea. I didn't even know I did it. And then I kind of went home and did some thinking about it that night. And I just realized, like, I, I didn't ask to be a manager. Like, I didn't say, I want to be a boss. I want to be a leader. Like, it, it just happened to happen. So I stepped into it. And in doing so, I decided that I, I'm going to be the, the anti-boss. Like, I, I, I don't want to be the leader. The, the anti-boss. Man. I love it. I guess so. Yeah, that, that's who I wanted to be. So, you know, you could ask my team now. You know, we have an extremely flat, open dialogue. They know there's decisions I'll make. There's conversations I'll take. There's certain things, and you say, Okay, team, look, I, I need us to go there. Trust me, you know, have that level of trust. Me, this is going to be good for us in the long run. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's a very, um, yeah, democratic environment that you know we share ideas. Hey, we're in, we're, we're in a bind. What do we do? This is an idea. This is where the best ideas come from. It doesn't, doesn't come from the manager, or the lead, it comes from the team itself. But you need to foster that environment. So, um, again, going back to those three things, uh, believe in yourself, don't doubt yourself, yep. believe in your team. Um you know be 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 the anti-boss, but also you know assemble a team that is very different from yourself. Um, and this is something i I've, I've realized fundamentally over the past i'd say four or five years that the further away from you that can be, the better it is your team is going to perform. And I think if I had six or seven mes in a team, I think the team would be an absolute uh, <laughs> it'd be terrible it flunk it wouldn't do well at all but i even had my last hire he's a, a french canadian chap called jonathan fournier and he's probably the most talented account manager i've ever come across and i remember when i hired him i said i'm hiring you because you're so vastly different to to me or anyone else in the team and i've never seen anything like you again except i've got to have you because i think you're going to do some magic things and you know what the, the the guy's approaching six month and he is destroying his target awesome he's destroying it and uh yeah it makes me, incredibly pleased but again it kind of goes back to the thing do not hire people like yourself hire, hire the ones that are going to plug the weaknesses that you have and we we've, we've all got a fair share of those so don't doubt yourself believe in your team and have a team that is very different from you that will help those are fantastic man what a great start
0: like if all we did was have a <clears throat> 10 minute show and you did that this would have made everyone this is worth looking at i i want to sit on that assembling a team a little better maybe better is wrong you didn't say that different than you I have fallen into that (laughs) trap I've fallen into that trap man I have I have tried to build a team of me and you're right it fails And I think that is an easy trap for a sales leader to fall into of course it is let's talk about why is it so easy
1: oh where we um I don't know um we uh, I don't know the exact term for it, but we, we, we tend to gravitate. Like like we had in our kind of uh, offline chat, I said, you know, you could put a farm together and you could literally throw no chickens and horses and sheep and whatever in there. And over the course of a couple of hours, that all gravitate towards each other because that's where the safety is. And I think in ourselves, you know, you, you look at groups of people. Have you ever been out in a bar, in a nightclub, and you see that group of guys that just all look exactly the same? They've got the same, almost like... The the Saturday night uniform on, you know, they've got the shirt, their jeans, they've got the same haircut. Um, you know, they gravitate Yes, yes. <laughs> we, yes. We've, seen we've seen it. But then, but then you'll spot the group that looks like a bunch of misfits together. And you know that you you think that's cool. It's like, oh, well, they've all found each other. Like this this bunch of misfits has found each other, and they they look like they're probably having more fun together. And they're probably telling better stories and they're having better jokes, and they've got, you know, that's what it is. So I think. Typically, we, we find safety in familiarity or what is maybe more known to us. And we know our own personality more. And I almost hired someone, extremely talented guy. But again, I, I kind of, again, this is the, the, the democratic team I have. I ran the decision past my team. I said, look, this is person I've met. And I think they're going to be great. But I want us to run through it together. And I need you to tell me if I'm being blind right now. Hmm. And we finished it. And the feedback was, Jason, he's really similar to you. Like, he's really similar to you. And I'm not sure that's going to be a good thing. And we went through some other things. There's a few kind of things that meant it wouldn't be a match. And I was like, yeah, I was about to fall into that trap. I was I was attracted to that familiarity. So I don't know. I think we do it because it's safe. I think it's it's tougher or more unnatural to do something with a group that's maybe not that familiar with us or different than us. But that will give the better result. And in fact, again, I'll, I'll highlight... You know jonathan again that i hired recently he is the most meticulous thorough questioning calm precise account manager i've ever come across he doesn't sell with emotion he sells with facts he gathers up information like something like crazy things that i just i just don't do naturally or mm. not at that level but my goodness does he fill in the gaps when we have meetings together and i've handed cool. a customer to him and, he, and he, he figures it out in you know a couple of days and he's got this plan together so i think to go back to your question you know we 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 go and hire people that are like ourselves because that's that's comfortable that's that's easy that doesn't take much kind of scratching of the brain or imagination um but we should challenge ourselves to try and find people that are actually very different from us you'd be you'd be impressed with the results
0: so i love these three things believing in yourself believing in your team and then you know believing in the differences in others rather than just the similarities. I I, I like those three kind of belief triads. Mm -hmm. Let's shift a little bit and go into what we do with this team. When we've got them, we got a lot of people that are listening right now. They have their team. Some of them are in team building mode. Some of them might be Like how do I recommit my people after laying off some people mode? Um, They may just be in stability. We're we're keeping that the same as we had it. mode. You've you've mentioned to me, as we've talked before, and I I really want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. This idea of the sense of the mission, like mm-hmm. as much as the differences may be, what unifies them is this concept of mission. What Can you talk to me a little bit about what you think the role of mission is for
1: a sales team? Yeah, I, I think it's that, that destination of where we're going. And you know, look back in your your career over the years, and you can probably find that job where maybe you didn't know what the true purpose was. You came in, you had a quote, you had a product or a tool or a service that you had to sell. You clocked in you clocked out you did your job that was it but i think we're we're more we're more passionate we're more engaged we're more creative if we actually know what the mission is not only from kind of company level but for an individual level so what i try and do is you know there's a couple of things i, I I'll, I'll point out we probably all know this who are listening to this you know the four stages of team building you've got the you know the storming you've got the forming you've got the norming of the performer you've got that kind of you know brutal part of the beginning you're trying to figure out who each other is and what you do and where your strengths are you know then you're kind of coming together and you know you're kind of forming these uh, nebulas of uh, skills and ability and knowledge and whatnot then you get to a level of you know you kind of do your quota and then you shoot through the roof in performing and you're in a different stratosphere and I think to kind of my recipe has been and it's not an overnight thing and this is what I said to all my bosses you know please if you ever you put me in a leadership role, not think i'm going to turn around a result overnight it doesn't happen like that that's not how people act you may get the odd win here a bit like a kind of you know a soccer team or a football team where they throw out the old manager they bring in a new one and just because there's something new they they produce some good results and you may get some of that but i say fundamentally if you're going to go onto the mission you need to paint an extremely clear picture of where you are going to go and where you're going to take them and it's very different from saying I want you to go over there and do that number. And I want you to sell more of this product because that's what our shareholders say, or that's what our CEO says, or that's what our, you know, CRO says. But if you can paint a picture about what your team is gonna represent and who mm. you are. And in fact, in, in my team, it hasn't been plain so I'm gonna kind of, you know, reveal some, some warts and all. You know, sometimes there's been a misconception of who we are, what we do. And so what we've done is we've made sure that we can explain very clearly why we're professional. What we do is important. So again, kind of painting the mission of where we're going, what we're trying to do, but then interlacing that with figuring out where are the people's strengths? What are they good at? And again, to tell a really, really brief story, when I took over my first team in leadership, this is the Swedish company. It was actually in Gothenburg, a a, a kind of seaside city on the west coast of Sweden. And this team hadn't performed well for a good couple of years. So I was kind of brought in a bit like mr wolf and pulp fiction to kind of clean up a little bit and uh, you Let's know fix, fix things yeah and it was you know it, it was tough but again i said like have patience you know we, we had to kind of shrink the team a little bit we got down to really you know talented but very different core of a group and we did a, a clifton strengths finder test and it highlighted our top five strengths which is uh it was it was called Gallup, yeah The Clif- yeah. It, it clifton Strengths finders test yeah, it was yeah good good for years ago and what came out was again, the if you remember the beginning of the, the podcast I said about Panilla, who said, Hey, you you recoiled, you, you, you literally shuddered when I said you were my boss. Well, in the strengths finder, Panilla actually came out as her, her top strength was she enjoyed dealing with difficult customers. Like, can you imagine that? Like, she enjoyed dealing with difficult customer cases. That was one of her strengths, like dealing with confrontation, <laughs> dealing with 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 annoyed customers. And we all sat down and we debriefed through where our skills were. And I said to, to everyone, you know, do you, do you see yourself in these skills? And they're like, yeah, hundred percent, this is me. And I was like, okay, if ever I have a difficult situation with a customer, I can fire them to you, Penilla, and you're gonna pick it up. She said, absolutely, I love it. I was like, I had no idea about this before. Like, I don't think this would come up in a conversation. And it really came to remember, I was um, I had to leave a meeting. My my, my partner, unfortunately was six, I had to go to the hospital. And I had a customer case that I just wanted to make sure it was dealt with a real tricky one. And I rang Penilla, I said, Penilla, your top strength was, you know, dealing with challenges. I said, I've got this perfect one for you. Your name's Sophia. Can you pick it up? I'd love you to deal with it. I rang Sophia the next day. The customer was upset. I said, hey, I think Pinella reached out to you. Is everything done? Oh, Pinilla's fantastic. My goodness, we're going to meet tomorrow. This is what we're doing. So again, you know, when you paint the mission, show where you're going to take the team. Show why it's important. Show why you're doing it. But understand what are the strengths in order to get you there. And then what I did as well is, and what I do do, is I asked the team to tell me how would they get us there? Now we know the mission. Do they want to kind of fill in any mm. gap in the, in the kind of tapestry? Is there something else they want to paint or another idea they have? And they come up with you know really, really decent stuff that I in my small, you know sm- smooth brain wouldn't consider first of all. So they come up with these ideas and then I ask to, them to present in whatever format they're comfortable in articulating themselves. Show me a business plan. What do you do? You've got your target, fine. Everyone knows I have a target in sales. How are you getting us there? I'd love to understand it. How do I support you with that? And again, this team that I had in Gothenburg, they had the same remit. We did the It was a bunch of misfits, wonderful misfits. And I said, give me your, your business plan, whatever format. I had people that did recordings on video. I had people that presented a business plan in Excel. Someone did something on a whiteboard. Someone literally chatted as they literally peeled through a notebook of notes that they had. But every single one of them did their budget that year and smashed it and owned it. And that, that was their plan. They saw the vision, they agreed to come on board. They highlighted the strengths and the whole team knew where their strengths were. They admitted they saw themselves and their strengths. They then produced a business plan on their terms with the quota in mind and they smashed it. And in fact, when I left that team was the highest performing team. I think in fact, the numbers sound like 137 or 138% versus the year. And this is a team that previously you know, had, had never done quota and had many more sales reps. So So, I I share that.
0: That's an amazing story. And it's hard for me to shut up. I have like I just wrote down like half a page, half a page of questions on on this story. I I love this idea of you assemble a team, they're all different. And so, and in the beginning, like once upon a time, if we're doing this like fairy tale story, once upon a time, there was a team that was not hitting quota. And they go through, and we do our strengths finders, and we get them on the same mission, and we leverage in individualized coaching where you're having individual things that are helping them uh, anchor this mission. That's where I want to I want to go is how do you make mission come to life? I like how you got it out there. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Like what are the things you do to bring an idea? Like everybody has mission statements, man. I go into companies, I, I I'm I'm getting, I was telling you before we start recording, I'm I'm in SKO season. I got like yeah. a ridiculous number of SKOs that I like I'm, I'm doing starting next week. And every time I go to someone's office or every time I I'm wherever, like they have their mission on the wall and they they have this mission statement or whatever, but what you've found a way to do is bring it to life, man. It's not sitting yeah. on a wall. You brought it to life. How do
1: you do that? Okay, so story, story time again. So like, this is, this is a fun thing. So I remember one of my, very, one of my first field sales jobs. So it's actually for a telco in London. And I'm, to paint a picture, I'm 21 at the time. So literally, I've, I've left this American training company. I've got my first job in field sales. Uh, I'm nervous. You know, I'm, I'm wearing a suit that's probably too big for me. I'm, you know, wet, wet behind the, the ears. And this guy walks in, his name's Dan Allen, and da- Dan owns the room. You know, he's, he's, not a, he's not a particularly tall gentleman, but he just owns the room. Okay. He's got this deep voice and you know, he, he, he walks with purpose. He's a little bit like a kind of gangster. He walks in with purpose. Let's go. He's respected. And he walked out of the room, and I'm, uh, I'm getting goosebumps when I think about this, because it's that kind of pivotal moment. And I turned around to my boss at the time who gave him this chance, his name was Rob Worrell. I said, Rob, I said, I want to be like Dan Allen. He went, oh, do you? I was like, "Yeah, I do." I was like, "How do I do?" He goes, "You want to be like Dan Allen?" I was like, "Yeah, I do, Rob. I really, really do." He said, "Cool." He said, "In twenty years, you'd be like Dan Allen." He goes, "Because that takes twenty years of experience to get. That doesn't come overnight." So I think over these years, you know, I've been able to kind of you know pinpoint these particular things. And on that particular note, in terms of painting a mission, it comes from this guy called Dave Cornelius, who was a phenomenal coach and phenomenal leader for me. Actually, back between two thousand and four and two thousand and seven, and he sat me down on my one-to-one he said yeah you got your quotas you're gonna do them i have no doubt about that he said but why are you here i was like uh, to earn money he said yeah but why are you here to earn money i said oh i want to i want a renault clio sport this is a little you know for, for any americans listening this is a car that you go you probably think is a remote control car it's like a tiny european little hatchback um we liked it i liked it i said i want a renault clio the next one-to-one i had with him Dave had printed out a Renault Clio in this blue color that I really wanted. And he stuck it to my screen. He said, there you go. He said, that's that's yours. He said, can you see it? He said, that's what you're going for. That's your mission. That's where you're going now. And of course, my quota was part of the mission and selling training courses and voucher packs and passports, whatever the product names were at the particular time. That That was, of course, the company mission. And the, the company wants you to be on board with that. But ultimately, we're dealing with humans right here. And Dave figured out that he had this you know 18 year old guy that maybe he could clarify why he was there what the mission was so it was really really cool as so we went through our numbers we went through our weekly you know coaching sessions you know he was coaching me to get my Renault Clio and then after my Renault Clio he was coaching me to get my first deposit on a house and he was helping me in terms of pick out the area where are you're going to be does it have a street view or do you look out into a you know into the woods or a park or what is this you know he really kind of mapped this out and the mission became very very clear. And I've really tried to carry that with me over these years in terms of, well, how do I interact with my team? So, in fact, I've got one person on my team who's flying out to New York tomorrow as of, as of recording this. And, you know, traveling in New York has been on his agenda. And I said, we're going to get you there. We're going to do it. We're fighting for that. That's, that's ultimately what we're here. We, of course, we're here, but get accepts growth. And we're going to do that because we're sales professionals and we're business professionals. But ultimately, we're getting you to New York. I've got another guy, you know, who wants to help his girlfriend set up a company. He needs time to be able to work on that and specialize with that supporter. Of course, I'm going to help you get it. You know, we're going to do that together. And I've always said, you know, where you can enable or paint this mission for your team, which makes sense to them emotionally in their heart and what they want to do, they're going to, they're going to, you know, run over broken glass for you. You know, so when you say, hey, the mission is this, and we're, we're reaching crunch time team, I really need your help they're going to go for it because they know they have invested so much time in their hopes and their dreams and ultimately what their mission is and tied it to, you know, earning and completing it. Well,
0: so I like this. I want to sit in this. We only have like 14 minutes left, man. I can't believe how oh, fast yeah. the time's gotten. So, we, but I want to spend appropriate amount of time on this because I think this is a big deal. I, I am seeing as I work with a lot of sales leaders all around the world right now that there's a lot of what I call check the box coaching happening right now. Yeah. Box one. Did we meet? Yes. Box two. Did we review the Salesforce report? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know know what I'm saying when I say check the box coaching? You're not talking about that. That's not what you're talking about. You're you're connecting to the person. Can you give a little insight? Like, again, you have forty five thousand people listening to you right now. And I would say a good chunk of them have never been taught how to coach. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were taught how to coach or you just figured it out. But what you're describing is is one of those things that's a difference maker. You're talking about becoming a difference maker to the individual and meeting them where they are. my or or am I hearing you differently?
1: No, no, you're right. You're on that. You're on that. I mean, you know, we we (laughs) we come to work because we do have goals and aspirations. You know, we don't come to work because we're machines. You know, we don't wake up one day and go, "Oh, Mm. I'm I'm programmed by Google. I'm going to work for Google today." You know, we. We, we come in and we do a job and we pick a, we pick an employee that we feel matches our, our belief system or our values or the product that we feel comfortable with. And then we come on board and we, we hopefully have a, a boss or a leader or an anti-boss that you know can really see them for who they are. And I just think ultimately, if, if my team can end the day and know that their manager, their anti-boss respects and values them as a human and as a person and wants to help them fulfill their goals and dreams, then that's a fine place to be. You know, that, that's, that's a, to, to me, that's, that's a wholesome place to be. And that's what I wanted from a leader. And I actually got on a few occasions from, from certain bosses. I think if you can kind of understand, you know, I can't give in 14 minutes, you know, <laughs> how do you deliver coaching? But if I can give you one tip right now, Perfect. please, please, please figure out why your people and why your team are coming in each day. They may be building a summer house. Maybe they want to travel to see the famine on the other side of the globe. They haven't seen for two years. Like if you can get to that emotional level of why they're waking up every day, what their motivation is, then goodness me, you know, you're going to really tap into that kind of rich vein of performance because there's your motivator right now. I don't think anyone, if I'm being really honest, is motivated by just doing all time highs. They're great. They're fun. They're very fulfilling for the moment. But ultimately, we want to bring the success. We want to bring the celebration back home to our family, to our friends to our yeah. neighbors, to our communities. That, that, that's why we're doing it. You know, we want to we contribute in that way. And I think 99% of people in sales, they do have that there. So whenever I recruit, I always say, cool, you know, what is it you're looking for? Why are you here? What's, what's on your shopping list? You know, what are you, what are you saving up for? Do you have an expensive lifestyle with a big house, a big boat, you know, expensive shoes you want to buy? Educate me. And then that's when you really tap into, hey, this is what motivates me. This is what I want to do. Um, and I use that as the linchpin because I have my own motivations and if uh, you know if, if you can figure that out, then the number just peels away. It disappears. So
0: so I, I think that's really important because I, I'm thinking about a couple of people that I have that are trying to break out of the mold of box checking coaching okay mm-hmm. And they try to have these aspirational conversations when they've never had them before. It was mm-hmm. more around the perspiration rather than the aspiration right and I, i'm thinking of one of my people that i've worked with in the past in particular he's like hey i tried to have the aspirational conversation and they just looked at me like i was weird they're like why are you talking to me like this we've never talked like this before yeah. any thoughts
1: around around yeah. that yeah i i think you know it, you can't you can't be a boss and then be an anti-boss the next day that's oh. uh, that's maybe um a, a difficult thing for someone to, to witness like if all of a sudden i had a conversation with you rob and you had zero energy and you were short and abrupt and you didn't ask questions like i'd be like okay well who is this guy like which which one's the real, <laughs> the real rob yeah i think we need i think we like we need we need a level of consistency in our leadership and ultimately i, I think that all your you know fifty thousand plus listeners are listening because they want to do the best for their team And also they probably want to do the best for themselves as a professional. You know, they, they have their motivations there. So I'll say this, and maybe this is wrong advice, but if you're struggling to get to that point of an aspirational conversation, don't call an aspirational conversation, but maybe pinpoint it that you want to get to know that person a bit better. And and here's a really, really easy way to do that. Don't do it on zoom. Mm. Don't do it. Don't say, Hey, come to my office. Let's have a meeting there. And you sit there and you have this, you know, forced thing, do these two things. If you're remote, get on your phone and you can even steal my my phrase that I use and I've used this for years I call it my old man walk so in fact my my neighbors know me as the guy that's constantly walking on my phone so I literally I'll pick up the phone I'll ditch the zoom and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll introduce it even to my customers now I'll say yes yeah, Jason I'm out on one of my old man walks do you want to join me let's go and that's how I started and I had one customer this was actually at the um at the tail end of summer and uh, I called him I said oh hey hey We haven't spoken for a little while. I'm doing an old man walk. Do you want to join me? Should I tell you what's out here? He said, Yeah, go for it. I said, Well, you know, Sweden. I said, I can see the mushrooms on the floor. Oh, mushrooms. Oh, which ones can you pick? Conversation started. And then as we moved on, he was like, actually, hey, I need to get some time with you. We need to do something together. So I'd say, even when you're trying to kind of coach or get there with people, reveal yourself a little bit. You can't expect someone to reveal their aspirations or their motivations unless you can kind of show the human side yourself. So go on an old man or an old lady walk, take them with you. If you're in the office, hey, go together. Maybe you've got a nice river beside you or you've got a park somewhere. Hey, can we just go and hang out and walk for 15, 20 minutes? The weather's pleasant today. Let's go and do it. Or ring them, ring them even unscheduled. Hey, I'm ringing you. I do not want to book something in your diary. I don't want to do something formal. I'm just going on an old man walk. Do you want to join me? I'll tell you what's around me right now. This is what I'm up to. And I think that's a great way to break the ice. Show who you are. You know, be the anti-boss, you know, don't sit up in your ivory chair like some kind of lifeguard, you know, get down, get down with the team, you know, have that level of flat democracy, have ideas together, be, be revealing, you know, check out my LinkedIn goodness I me, mean, I've revealed some stuff that go back, yeah. three. I never thought I'd reveal in a million years. And when you do that, you open yourself up for, yeah, maybe a bit of abuse or some questions, but you know what, a bit like the farm and the kind of chickens going to the chickens and the cows going to the cows you'll be gravitated by those people that, although they're different from you, they have the same mindset, they have the same moral compass, they have the same desires to be successful that you may do as well. That was that was awesome. So one of the things I wrote down, and literally
0: I have a couple of pages of these kinds Gee, of things. you to. do. Yeah. I, can, I can hear you. <laughs> <down> <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. yeah. I, I, this is, I, 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 I'm taking this in. I love your perspective. I love what you've done. Here's the model that I've, the Jason model that I wrote down the way you coach should fuel their individual purpose and their individual purpose should fuel how they support the company mission.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent.
0: What a great model. Your coaching should fuel their purpose and then their purpose should align and fuel the company mission. So that makes sense. Like in the world, if we were mechanics, we aren't working on the engine. It's more of an alignment game, man. We're we're doing alignment because you're hiring people that already have aspiration, which I really like. Uh, you don't you're not out there pushing on the more button all the time because they have their own aspirations um, any thoughts about being an alignment
1: uh, not a boss now I'm an alignment guy like any thought any thoughts on that yeah I, mean, I think it's, an, it's a nice kind of uh way to succinctly put it together um, if you know their motivation or you know why they're they're trying to get somewhere you can enable them to get there and that ties in with, you know, we're, this, is, this is the easy thing about sales. You know, people are there and we're commission-based. And, you know, that, that is a motivator. I, I don't think the salespeople out there they go, yeah, I, I don't need commission. No, need they want money. it. In fact, f- the fastest way to
0: piss them off is screw around with their money.
1: Oh, 100%. Of course they do. In any profession. but so, Of sales, course, yeah. So, so I think if you can align to where their goals and their aspirations are, and align that with us to the target hey we unlock this target we unlock your goal that becomes a reality we enable this lifestyle that you want or need maybe you want to provide a house for your mother maybe you want to go and visit your family on the other side of the globe so when you can align at that level then you're really dealing with the personal motivations again i i don't think and sales kickoffs are great and you know we can you know we can uh, chest thump and we can fist fist pump and we can get people rallied and that's your job, and you're going to do fantastically there. But I hope that all of your leaders and coaches know how to bring everyone and level them and go. Okay, that's the company mission. What mission are we on together? Where Where are you going? So we got five minutes, man. Yeah, I told you this would go fast. Man, that's this awesome. is good. Um, I, I'm gonna.
0: I want to ask you one last thing that i'm thinking of I, i'm really it is
1: late there i just went past it thank you for doing this late i, no, I it's fun i'm jet like still i came from florida last week so this is this is like afternoon for me now so this is good okay so i, I want to
0: ask one thing and then i want to give you a chance to tell everybody how to get more about you and and and, the, and get accept but here's what i'm thinking is we record this right now it's the week after thanksgiving in the united states uh, we're going into December and full-on holiday season swing, okay? Um, but we're preparing for either finishing this year or going into next year. There's going to be some changes, I'm sure. I don't know what it'll look like. But if we're going to upgrade our performance next year, you're talking to a lot of sales leaders that are. they all know that we're going to have to find ways to grow next year. Like Usually, just doing the same thing over again isn't good enough. We, we got to grow, right? We yes. run to the more button. Yeah. If we got to upgrade performance, is there any thought or suggestion? What's one or two things you might say, listen, leaders, if we want to get 2023 to be a year of the upgrade, what's one, maybe two things we might think about upgrading? I don't know if it's the mindset or the mission. I don't know if it's your coach. I don't know. I'm really interested. What's one thing you really want to try to upgrade?
1: Yeah. Um, be be the anti-boss. Um, I, I'd say that, you know, be, be the anti-boss, you know, 2023 is going to come quickly, target's are going to be higher, shareholders are going to be hungrier, customers are going to be pickier, and everyone's going to hear the same rhetoric of do more calls, activities need to be higher, pipeline velocity needs to be there. And that's great. And there are leaders that are happy kind of talking about that. But be the anti-boss. Say that you understand that, but with your team, say, okay, that, that's the noise. You know, here's our budget. What are we doing? How are we getting there together? What are your ideas? Like have this collective around you where you are rowing in the same direction. You're doing the absolute right strokes in rhythm with each other and you're going for that destination. Do not demand of them more. Please do not pressure. You'll you'll burn them out. You'll burn your bridges. You'll ruin your team. Just really respect them and say, this is the mission. This is the number. How do we get there? What are your motivations? What is your 2023 goals? Because I promise you, every person is going to, you know, they're going to have the Thanksgiving. They're going to have their Christmas. They're going to have their eggnog. They're going to have their New Year's resolution. The fireworks are going to go off. And they're going to have some thoughts about 2023. And it may be about changing jobs, changing career, doing something else. And I also think in January is that kind of pivot month to really, really nail your team down on that mission together. How are we doing it? So please be the anti-boss. Please break through the noise and that rhetoric of more, 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 more. We get it. That's going to be the case. But really get down to, to your team's mindset and their heart and figure out what are their motivations and how are you enabling them to do that this particular year? I think that's super, super critical. Um, Really get close. Um, Try and actually avoid simply having one-to-ones of this, you know, you put it box-checking coaching. And to me, that is the most middle management, uninspiring, unrewarding, unfun thing a leader can do. But instead, uh, go off-piste do your old man your old lady walks um send them a text say hey do you know what i just saw this really cool thing and i thought about you this is uh, this is cool give them a lead where you can you really try and break through the formality and just be a little bit more human and i think on that particular human note please as leaders you know reveal yourself to your teams i i think there's leaders out there that i've had that i had no idea if they were married single kids where they lived, how they lived, what they liked, what they didn't. They just said, hey, you've got to do your number. This is your target. That's what you have to do. And have a guess. Did I, did I like them? Did I develop under them? Did I perform that well under them? No. So I think, you know, the three things, you know, be the anti-boss. Yeah. Be, be spontaneous. Be informal where you can. Yep. and re- Really, really, really make sure that you're kind of cutting through the noise and you're, you're focusing on what they want and what they need and you're enabling them you're sharing you're sharing yourself and there's actually a guy his is Siavash and uh, I had a very very good relationship with him actually in my last company Siavash and he said this he said share something about yourself with someone that they could destroy you with he said because you'll know very quickly whether you have an ally wow and I was like wow really he yeah says, yeah he said he said because he goes, I think I know, and he's a very sharp, very sharp gentleman. He said, I think I know a character when I see it. He says, so I can kind of stick my neck out a little bit. I can share something with them. And if they ruin that trust, then, okay, you know, I know we don't play ball together. Hmm. So I it's maybe you don't want to be as risky as of Ash was. And this is a very experienced leader that gentleman was. But please reveal something about yourself. I love um, it. You know, do, do it. We're human. You know, the past three years have felt like 30 years and three months at the same time. They've been a weird, weird time. Um, share, share yourself, be the anti-boss, figure out your motivations as a team, and, and share something about yourself as a human. We're in this together.
0: Epic. Brilliant. Congratulations. It's very clear why you do so well with your leaders. And uh, I first want to thank you for taking an hour of your time, especially late over in Sweden. Um, oh, super cool of you. And, and I got on behalf of 48,000 people that are listening. Thank you. Well, thank you. Rob. Before we wrap this up, how do they get more of you? How do they learn more about Get Accept? You got a podcast that I'd love for people to, to go give a sampling to. How, yeah. how do they get more of what you got to offer?
1: Yeah, de- definitely. So, so uh, I, I, Ken, I love your podcast. I think you're, you're, you're dedicated. You get great guests on there. Um, I, I don't have that ability. So in fact, I've decided to do the anti-podcast it's uh, it's 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 a one minute coffee shot every morning. Uh, that's it. Maximum one one minute thirty of your sales tip for the day. That's it. It's called the Sales Goat Podcast. You can find it on my LinkedIn profile. It's easy to find me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn URL is I hyphen love hyphen sales because guess what? I love sales. So find me there on LinkedIn. I share a lot about Get Accept, the company I work for. I share a lot about sales. I share. I have a hell of a lot about my family and also just trying to be a regular average guy, trying to do my best in the corporate world. And I hope you can kind of find some, uh, some inspiration and uh, I can get some inspiration from you. So connect with me, listen to my pod, uh, and, and please share some messages with me. I'd absolutely love that. And um, that's where you can find me.
0: All right. His name is Jason Baskaran. He has been doing amazing things at get accept for a few years now. And the way he does it is by being the anti-boss. Be the anti-boss. I, I love those final three things he gave us. I love his, his model of coaching, fueling uh, purpose, and purpose-fueling mission. Uh, my advice is to connect to Jason, follow him. Uh, but most of all, do a little introspection on what it means to be an anti-boss. I, I think that there's a lot that can be benefited from that. So, Jason, I want to thank you, man. What a great thank conversation. You Thanks know, had- for...
1: We had fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The the hour flew by. I hope your listeners enjoy it. But uh, Rob, I think you've got a talent of getting, uh, you know, the conversation flowing. You're you're a good interviewer. So so thank you for having me today.
0: Well, thank you so much, my man. And I wish you only the best going into the end of this year and into next. And happy selling, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What? portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. It's a new year. A new year with new dynamics, and we need to bring new sales leadership to those teams that we lead. And that's not easy. That's why having access to the largest collection of sales leadership tools and sales leadership assets will be so important. Think of Sales Leadership United as a Home Depot for sales leaders. There's everything you need to take your sales leadership game up a notch and create elite level impact with those you lead. You'll get sales leadership curriculum. I already have three new trainings that are out this year already. You'll get sales meeting concepts that are ready to go. I've already released released a couple of new sales meetings, proven frameworks, video insights from this episode with Jason and dozens of other elite sales leaders worldwide, a private podcast for members only, and weekly updates on what I'm working on with other elite sales leaders as I see what they do to, to create elite impact with the teams they lead. People join Sales Leadership United because of the depth and the and the and just the sheer quantity of the sales leadership assets, but they stay because the tools remain so current, they're so relevant, and they're so immediately applicable. So don't reinvent sales leadership. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon, and for less than the cost of lunch, you can invest in your way that will supercharge your sales leadership journey. So make that investment in yourself. Tap into the tools, the training, and the techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world, and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, I've been excited to to get this conversation with Jason out. I recorded with him uh, several weeks ago. I've held on to it on purpose. I'm excited to have this be at the beginning of the year because the idea of the anti-boss is so refreshing and something that will be a massive difference maker for those who choose to. Jason brought a lot more to the table than some impressive facial hair. If you haven't seen his mustache, go check it out on LinkedIn or go check out the videos that will be in Sales Leadership United. Uh, The insights he brought were awesome, fantastic, because as we kick off 2023, I think this episode will help challenge your thinking about your role as a leader. As sales leaders, we have very specific roles and the stakes are higher than they've ever been. I want you to think about things like, why are we here? Why do we do what we do? What is our role? You know, he talked about feelings that you'll have, like, am I good enough? Can I help us get where we need to be? Can I help those I lead have a better year than if I'd left them on their own? And that's why I love Jason's emphasis on being the anti-boss. You're not here to tell people what to do. You're not here to have people say, you know, tell them my way or the highway. The anti-boss is here to be a locksmith. Your job is to unlock the things that might be in the way. I love that perspective. It's a different way of looking at it, of being someone who unlocks. And if you can start looking at the challenges you face and say, how do I help them unlock? It will help you redefine what your role is as a leader. And that's one of the things that made me feel like I needed to save this one for right now. You can unlock the things that can act as accelerators. You can unlock the things that will act as performance enhancers. And that just starts with our mission. As we kick off the year, what is your mission as a sales leader? I'd suggest you consider a mission along the lines of helping create life-changing years for the members of your team. The emphasis on the individual is a huge difference maker. Listen, I've been working with clients at Coach helping them prepare for a strong start in the 2023 year. And there's a lot of different approaches to what's starting 2023. It's been really interesting to get the perspective of so many leaders. Some are bullish, some are scared, you know, some are building, some are holding on for dear life. I mean, it's, it's gonna be a different kind of year. And one thing that's consistent is everyone knows that we're gonna be asked to grow. That's what we sign up for when we sign up for sales. So we better not be making apologies for our growth targets this year. we better find ways that we can get behind them before they go live. The challenge is not are we going to grow. The challenge is can we help people see a clear pathway to success. That's the thing that will help you quicker and faster than almost anything else. Too often, an average sales leader or a rookie sales leader will just focus on activity management. I've been seeing a rise in activity management again, and I'm nervous about it. The challenge, of, the challenge of, of performance is almost never signed by simple activity management like maybe it used to be. In fact, right now, I think that activity management is a recipe for burnout. And this year, if there ever was a year, it needs to be about upgrading. Most sales leaders have teams with people who work hard. And while it's true that sometimes people need to work harder, conduct more activities, and be more proactive, in many cases, teams are working hard. They've established a rhythm of success. And this year, we need to help those we lead get better, to experience intentional improvement, to unlock things that have not been open to them yet. And that means we need to help them upgrade, upgrade their mindsets, upgrade their beliefs, Upgrade their sense of mission. Upgrade why they come to work. Upgrade who you connect them with. Upgrade the connection you have to their aspirations. I hope you see this is not the, the year of the upgrade of effort. It's the upgrade of intention. Okay, I don't need you to find a few more hours or a few more minutes. I think of that movie, Pursuit of Happiness, where Will Smith is playing Chris Gardner and he says, I won't hang up the phone because I'm on an inside sales team. And if I don't hang up the phone, I just keep calling. I get eight more minutes a day. That didn't work for him. He had to find ways to upgrade how he identified who a good prospect was. Make this your year of upgrading. And if you want to do this, you're going to have to upgrade how you connect to each member of the team. You've got to connect before you correct. Evaluate your connection with each person on the team. I I see all kinds of connection levels. Sometimes I I see us as being transactional. we got to have a more strategic connection, a more authentic connection where we are there for their growth not just to be there if they need us. We need to be a facilitator of growth, someone who throws gas on the fire. So I'll say it again, connect before you correct, connect so you can correct. And when you become this anti-boss, people won't follow you because they have to. They'll follow you because of what you're helping them become and what you're helping them accomplish. And this is exactly what sales teams need from leaders in the year we are charging into. And let's be honest, It's what they've always wanted. It's what your reps have always needed. It's just that those who offer it now will stand out in ways they never had. They'll create more impact than this approach has ever created because there are a ton of nervous salespeople out there right now. They need leadership, not management. So help them unlock unlock the maze that leads to elite performance. Help them move a little faster, not because you demand it, but because you've equipped them, but because you've prepared them so they can go for reasons that that matter to them. And this is important because if you want massive success, you're gonna need massive speed. And you're gonna need to get massive speed without being that jockey who's spurring the horse. You've got to be the leader who's helping people get where they want to go for reasons that matter to them. So again, unlock the maze, help them move faster because speed is the catalyst of, of massive success. And while this little change may not sound like a very big deal, it's important for you to remember that the small upgrades are the ones that make all the difference when you're in the people business. So go back and listen to this one with Jason again, look for where you can upgrade as a leader. Ask yourself, how can you unlock something with every single person you lead? If you unlock something across the board, you will be a massive difference maker. So Jason, thank you so much for joining me. This was such an important and such a timely episode. We are at a natural point of starting the year, a time where people know they need to grow to accomplish more. Listen, nobody went into sales because they wanted to fail. Too much of our compensation is tied to it. Too much of our professional success is tied to that. Every member of your team wants to win. You just got to help shine light and create that clear, well-lit pathway to success for them to follow. So connect with Jason, reach out to him, follow him, check out his podcast. It's the Sales Goats podcast, and I've got a link to it in the show notes. Connect with him on, on LinkedIn. I've got the connection link in the show notes there too. And then just commit to being that anti-boss that people willingly choose to follow because of the things you can unlock for them. It will create life-changing years for each member of your team lucky enough to be on it. And then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of the highlights from my conversation with Jason. You're going to want to use these videos for sure. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners, the greatest compliment you can give me is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know that we're doing a good job and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thanks so much for your support of our show. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people you lead. And if you like this message, please be sure to share it with someone who needs to hear it. And then be sure to check in next week. I'm going to deliver that that's that 2023 SKO that I've been working on. I'll share insights that will help you make 2023 a year of elite performance and a year of the upgrade. So let's get after it this week because life is short. You got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. So you got to maximize today, be elite, live strong, chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget you got this and I got you have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepsen Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, Want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.